Hi, I'm Jesse Rath, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to go through all of the news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con and everything we know about season four so far. And Morgan, you were in San Diego uh, this year for Comic-Con. So uh, before we get into the news, maybe we could uh, recap a little bit of your experience. How, how did everything go? What did you do? What did you see? Are you exhausted? Um, how was it this year? <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I came, I saw, I, I napped. Uh, I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con is... Um, basically insanity it's it's one of the craziest it's i call it like nerd summer camp because it's kind of how it feels it's just everybody around you is super nerdy and like cares about pop culture and stuff and it's really fun uh and they turn that whole san diego gas lamp district into like just like a variety of weird stuff like i walked past a store that was like you know how like the party city but it was like purge city Oh, so it was all about I guess there's going to be a short TV show about the purge because sure. I mean, that's not like what we're living right now anyway. <laughs> and <laughs> and they had like um they had turned they had like a fake storefront and then you could wait in line. I don't do lines uh, <laughs> because I'm a monster. So you but if you did, you could wait in line, like go and shop around in the purge store, which was hilarious. I have no desire to do that. No, I didn't either. I was like, I'm cool. That's a funny that's funny. Um, but I don't need to wait in line to like get a chuckle. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but my friend is who is really into uh, Tomb Raider. There was a they had turned a bar into like a Tomb Raider bar. And so there was a short line and I was like, This is acceptable. So we get into the <laughs> get on, into the line and they hand us a, a waiver that we have to sign. And we were like, Why do we have to sign a waiver to get into this bar? And they were like, Oh, there's just like live snakes and like <gasps> if you put it to, you could eat some bugs. You don't have to eat no. it. No. <laughs> so I was like, Well, that's not great. Uh, so so on the the waiver, I signed it, and there was a place for a witness to sign. This is how intense this waiver was. So my friend Sarah signs the the witness section. I was like, Sarah, if I don't make it out of this bar, promise to avenge me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get in there, and the snake is like off in one little corner, and like it's just basically napping. And I was kind of mad about it. <laughs> You're like all this buildup to me possibly losing my life. And the snake is just napping. And the snake doesn't even seem angry. I mean, I felt like I felt a little, 
like I was a little cheated. <laughs> a little disrespected. A little disrespected. I did get to meet uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, which was my Comic-Con highlight because he is amazing. Nice. Did you talk about uh, the universe with him? As it turns out, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson is one of the people I get starstruck around. So I was just like, sign my book. And he signed it. And I was like, thank you. I love you. And then I just shoveled off. <laughs> just shoveled out of his way. Like, I literally forced myself out of his line of sight. I was like, goodbye. <laughs> I just felt like I was like, you're so smart. How are words? What are they? <laughs> and, and I got out of there. I got out of there before I embarrassed myself more. Uh, I really, I can't laugh at you too much. That sounds a lot like the time that I met Dean Kane. Uh, so uh, I can't, I can't fault you for that. Well, that's cool. Um, so it sounds like you had a good time. I saw your pictures with the legendary ladies made me very happy. Thank you for indulging in uh, uh, another <laughs> round of just for you. We did our, um, our bridal photo. It was a little blurry, but we also did a friend's photo where we all just kind of like rested our chin on our hands. You know what? Uh, I think that should be an annual tradition. We're going to make it happen. All right. Well, thank you for uh, telling us a little bit about your experience at San Diego Comic-Con, because I've actually never been, so it's good to hear uh, about what that's like. We got to get you out there one year, Rebecca. I mean, it, it is actual insanity, but... <laughs> Maybe one year. I'm definitely not going to the Purge store. No, that, don't go there. <laughs> that, that, that does not uh, sound like something I would be into. But And bring like so much hand sanitizer. Just just sanitize everything. Just sanitize the people near you because <laughs> they, they probably need it, honestly. <laughs> they, they probably do. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, maybe one year, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, so I think we need to uh, get to the news. According to EW.com, Sam Witwer has been cast to play the DC Comics character Agent Liberty. This interpretation of Agent Liberty, as described by EW.com, will be portrayed as, quote, the ruthless and terrifying founder and figurehead of Children of Liberty, a hate group that supports a human-first world order, unquote. According to a description from the show's producers, he's a, quote, brilliant orator in the, in the guise of a family man, unquote, and the scariest thing about him is how easily he can convince people that he's right. So, Morgan, that is a uh, big description. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of information about this interpretation of Agent Liberty. Um, had you ever heard of Agent Liberty before? I hadn't. Um, I hadn't heard of him before. Uh, I take it that this is a dramatically different take on the character? Uh, a little bit. Uh, the creator of the character, Dan Jurgens, was not thrilled on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> his tweet, uh, I noticed, was deleted, so maybe someone got to him. <laughs> maybe someone explained something to him where he was like, okay, maybe I was hasty, or maybe somebody was like, just take it down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure, but uh, I saw that he was not uh, super happy about the direction that the show was going to be taking with the character. Um, we'll definitely be doing a character spotlight on him because I only vaguely know of him because he appears in uh, the Sterling Gates Supergirl uh, book called Who is Superwoman? Uh, he actually dies in that storyline. Uh, spoiler alert. I guess I said spoiler <laughs> alert too soon. Uh, or, or too late, rather. Uh, so sorry to spoil Agent uh, 
Liberty's death, but that does happen. You can actually hear Teresa Giacino and I talk to Sterling Gates about that book, and we sort of mention Agent Liberty a little bit. Uh, we did an interview with him on, uh, it was posted June 9th, 2015, so if you want to go to supergirlradio.com and hit that archive section. Go back in time. I mean, that was three years ago, but you can oh, still man. find it. Great interview. Uh, definitely listen listen to uh, listen to it anyway, just because Sterling Gates <laughs> is awesome. Uh, and he he has a lot of great things to say. But uh, we do talk about who is Superwoman. He is featured in that Supergirl story. Um, so I only kind of vaguely know about him uh, a little bit. But it does seem to be something of a change from his character. I think there uh, he's uh, connected in the comics to a group called Sons of Liberty. So they're 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 sort of taking that from the comics and uh, and the word liberty is in both of those things. So there is an of <laughs> and a liberty in both of those groups. Uh, so they are putting their own spin on the agent of liberty character. So uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, but I'm excited about Sam Whitwer. Me too. He's a great actor. Um, he was great on Smallville. He was also great in that Being Human series on Sci-Fi. I really liked that show. So good. That is the only show I can imagine that I would actually, I legit, Morgan, I cried when the werewolves got married. I know. And I was like, what is happening to me right now? (laughs) Who have I become? (laughs) Two werewolves are getting married. And I'm crying at their wedding. <laughs> but it was emotional. It was emo- And he was great on that show. He was so good. He was so good. He, he was that conflicted vampire. Um, so I think he'll be a, a great villain for this season. And he's, he's such a good actor. So even if uh, maybe things <laughs> aren't great <laughs> with the characterization, I'm sure he will sell it as well as he can. So I'm very excited about Sam Whitworth. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I feel like even if the character is a little bit on the nose sometimes, I think that Sam Whitworth, I think that performance will... Uh, will do a lot for that character. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in more casting news, Nicole Maines uh, is set as a regular in the upcoming fourth season as Nia Nall, uh, a.k.a. Dreamer. Uh, April Parker Jones has been cast as series regular Colonel Haley. Uh, Colonel, I think it's her. <laughs> Colonel, of course it is. God, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and David, I want to say... A holla? Possibly. That's a good guess. I don't know I if feel it's like a, it's a fair try. <laughs> a, a jala or a holla? I tried to look it up, but nobody would say it on the internet. So, uh, well, listen. Then my interpretation is right. David, call me. That's your new last name. <laughs> <laughs> and he is going to be—he's going to reoccur as Manchester Black. Yes, uh, Morgan. Do you want to uh, go into these character des- descriptions for all of them? Yeah. So um, Nia Nall is the newest addition to the Catco reporting team, uh, a soulful young transgender woman with a fierce drive to protect others. Uh, Nia's journey this season means fulfilling her destiny as the superhero dreamer, uh, much like Kara came into her own as Supergirl. Yeah, so this is uh, a, a, an introduction for a new character on the show, and uh, I was I was kind of confused because there is a character in the DC world from Young Justice named Dreamer, um, but it's a character based on a DC Comics character from the, from the actual comics called Beautiful Dreamer. And so I don't know if this is what they're going for or if they're actually going for more of a dream girl type of 
characterization uh, from, you know, using Dream Girl as a, uh, from the Legion of Superheroes as sort of their template for this character. So I I got a little confused because I was like, I see a dreamer, but I also know that Dream Girl exists in the comics. So I got a little confused and uh, we did get some confirmation that Dreamer uh, this character, Nia Nall, is going to be the great, 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 <laughs> great grandmother, I think I got that right, of Nura Nall, uh, who is Dreamer from the Legion of Superheroes. Um, so it was good to have at least a uh, confirmation, I think, that this is going to be more connecting to the Dream Girl from the Legion of Superheroes versus the the beautiful Dreamer from DC Comics. And we know that Dreamer is going to have a superpower, which is going to be uh, to which is being able to see the future. So that's actually kind of cool. We haven't really had a character like that on the show. Yeah, that seems like a different power set than some of the other um, characters, some of the other super-powered characters that we've gotten. So I think that should be interesting as well. as Because um, like we've seen Kara mentor other people like Monel, but he basically had the same power set as her. So it'll be interesting for me to see Kara mentoring a superhero who has like completely different powers than her. Yeah, and I think that could be really interesting how they do that, you know, what is what is she going to be seeing the future of? Um, what 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 is the foreshadowing that she's going to be doing? What what you know is it going to be a disaster in the future? Is it going to be apocalyptic? What is going to be happening? So that could be really interesting to see how they use the future seeing powers because that is something that Dream Girl is known for in the comics as well. Is Nia going to be a, like Kara's early edition? Like she just calls her up in the morning and she's like, "Get down to the bank. There's a robbery." <laughs> <laughs> what is going to happen today? What do I need to prepare for? Do I need to bring an umbrella? Do I need to wear, uh, you know, a certain set of clothes? (laughs) Yeah, what are the lottery numbers? I think that this could be really cool in terms of the superhero aspect, but I'm also kind of agitated with the show a little bit because this is another instance of Kara sort of having to not babysit somebody, but someone is going to kind of follow her around again. We got that a lot in season two with Monel. We got that a lot in season three with Monel. Always with Monel. Yeah, and I just I personally, I was hoping that if Kara got back into reporting, that because that was something that we wanted to see more of, because we didn't get to see a lot of Kara Danvers last season. I kind of wanted her to do things on her own, and I to have her to have her be uh, going around doing these things with Nia in tow, I, I get that they want to introduce a, a new character and they think that maybe introducing her connected to Supergirl. I mean, that makes sense from a writing standpoint. But I was kind of hoping that Kara would be doing things, you know, reporting things on her own uh, to see her kind of get better as a reporter. I don't know if she can mentor. I was about you to know say, what I'm the, saying. The thing, that, the thing that made me laugh the most about this description is the idea of Cara Danvers mentoring a reporter. Is she just going to like show Nia around the uh, the cat co room and then be like, OK, and then mostly what I do is just leave for a week. <laughs> Like, like when does when Cara Danvers doesn't really like she doesn't really work. 
she just knows all the bosses really well. Like she's just best friends with the editor in chief and the CEO. She's basically just walking nepotism. <laughs> like how how is she gonna mentor Nia? <laughs> Poor Nia is gonna be standing there like. I don't understand. This girl was supposed to mentor me. And then she hasn't been in it all week. Yeah, Nia's not going to have a lot of learned skill sets that she gets <laughs> from Kara. Because Kara, because this is what I don't understand. Kara, they have not taken a full, uh, they haven't taken full advantage of getting Kara to the place where she is a good reporter. We saw virtually none of that last season. Uh, like you had mentioned previ- in previous Supergirl episodes, sh- her goodbye <laughs> to Catco was during a musical montage. We we just we never got to see Kara get to the point where she was really good at being a reporter. We didn't see her really struggle with that. We didn't see her grow a lot in that area. And even when we did, it was in season two with Snapper, and we didn't. We just really didn't see it. So it's I struggle with this because I I understand why they're. They're pairing them together, but I also kind of don't think we've really seen them earn it with Kara as a reporter yet. So I, I totally get that Supergirl is going to mentor Dreamer in the superhero game, but the reporting thing... Yeah, the reporting thing was where they they lost me on the mentorship front. Like, I feel like given her credentials, Nia could probably maybe mentor Kara about being able to hold down a job. Yeah. <laughs> like... Because she worked with, uh, I think, I think it says that she had worked with Cat Grant in Washington, and like Cat sends her out to Catco. Um, so to me, she's had like a high-powered job, uh, whereas Kara um, routinely uh, just goes out for lunch and never comes back. So I feel like maybe the mentor-mentee relationship <laughs> should be flipped at Catco. Well, and they could all what they should have done really. And this is me with no <laughs> writing experience telling these professionals how to do their jobs. Let's do it, <laughs> but. What they could have done was they could have had Kara mentor Nia in the superhero game and then flip it with Nia mentoring Kara in the reporting aspect, in the uh, full-time job aspect. (laughs) Basic professionalism. (laughs) See, that I would really like because I feel like in season two, we began this journey with her to becoming a good reporter and we got to the middle of that journey and then the show just got bored and wandered away uh, and now it's coming back to that journey pretending like she got to the end of it somehow but we didn't see that on screen I mean I don't think that we season three was not a good Cara Danvers season for the most part um, especially the later parts of season three but especially it was definitely not a good Cara Danvers ace reporter oh, season because no, no. she like never showed up for work no, and the only time she was investigating anything was with Tico, and I don't e- I don't even know if she did an article about the. It's been so long, I can't remember. She probably she blo- she blobbed about it a little bit, and then she and then she took a nap. <laughs> yes. Uh. So yeah, to me that would make it more balanced if Nia and Kara taught each other things. I think that would have, for me, I think that would have played better. But who knows? We haven't seen it yet. We don't know exactly how they're going. Maybe that will be the case that they will teach each other things. So holding all reservations <laughs> and uh, and judgments uh, about the way that they uh, portray both of these characters interacting, it could be great. 
Uh, I just have a lot of skepticism on the reporter front, but hopefully it'll be good. This is at least the show's attempt to getting back to Catco and Kara uh, uh, Danvers. So that is a, a welcome surprise. I was excited about that. Like um, as soon as this casting announcement came out and I saw Catco, I was like, oh, good. We're going to like Kara Danvers is going to have like a life outside Supergirl, presumably. <laughs> this season and I hope that gives Kara more storyline uh because I I was missing a little bit of that uh again this is this is a whole thing like I hope she gets emphasis on her not just her and some other person because I felt like we've seen that the last two seasons so uh yeah so hopefully that will mean good things for the character of Kara and before we wrap up the Nia stuff, uh, Nia was also described by Nicole Maines at the Supergirl panel as wide-eyed, happy to be included at CatCo, pure, and will have a ferocious drive to protect people and fight against discrimination and hatred. Um, so Nia is going to have uh, uh, her own set of qualities and um, values that she takes with her. So um, some of that sounds a lot like Kara. So hopefully they'll have some things in common that they can uh, relate to each other with. Is she the first trans superhero on in live action? I, I believe so. I don't know if she's the first in comics, but I, I think she's the first live action one. Yeah, live action definitely. Definitely. I, I think I, I like how sure we are about this. Like, I, I went into this really sure that I was like, I actually have no idea. And I'm just talking about things that I have no idea about. I think definitely on TV. We can definitely on TV. We can yeah. say we can say that I think for sure. So I think that that's really, really cool. And like really nice representation for people who possibly have never seen themselves as a superhero so that's awesome and it's, and she's played by a trans actress which is cool I'm not from I didn't see her on Royal Pains I've never watched that show or or on the other I think the trans list but uh, it's it's really nice that they cast a, a trans actress for this trans part and I think it's gonna mean a lot to a lot of people so I'm excited to see her and I I don't think the casting has let me down on this show yet. no that they, they are they're real good at casting so so that that I think has always been one of the show's strengths is is the the ability to cast the right people for the parts so uh, that that gives me some uh, confidence that the portrayal will be at least, um, you know, good performance wise, uh, no matter, you know, what they do with the writing portion or, you know, whatever storyline they put her in. I think the the I look forward to the performance because the the casting is always so good. Yeah, because I really liked, um, you know, Odette last season and the and that like the dynamic that she brought into the group. So it'll be it'll be fun to see another and another female character too come in and like interact with Kara and presumably also you know maybe some of the other characters like Lena and Alex so that'll be neat too well and I'm also wondering and we'll we'll get to this uh when we do our dream girl character spotlight uh dream girl in the comics uh has been uh linked to Brainiac 5 Brainiac 5 usually has a little thing (laughs) for dream girl so I I don't know if they'll play that up but I I kind of hope not because i do not want them to do another love triangle on i was about show. to say rebecca if there's another love triangle that's it i'm quitting i'm just walking away so help me uh so i'm really hoping they don't go there uh because i definitely could see them playing up the car brainy thing this season and they could play up the connection between brainiac five and dream girl also 
Uh, could Brainiac 5 know Dream Girl already? Ooh. If she is from the future? Interesting. Okay, my brain is starting to hurt. He would know Dream Girl, but not Dreamer, right? right. So he would uh, yeah. know her great, 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 great granddaughter. <laughs> so, so maybe he could have had a crush on Dream Girl, but not necessarily Dreamer. Dream Girl. Maybe, maybe no love triangle. Thank God. Let's hope the future um, is in our favor. Um, okay, so April Parker Jones's. Uh, Colonel? Colonel, yes. It's a there weird it's a go. weird it's a weird word. It does not look like how it sounds. <laughs> I just thought of KFC. Uh, <laughs> Colonel Haley is a hardline career military woman who lives and dies by the orders of her commanding officers. Dedicated to her country, she always acts in its best interest, even if it's not her own. Yeah, and I don't think this is I tried to lurk look her up and I don't think she is a character from DC Comics lore, so this seems to be a new character. Uh, I don't know exactly where she might fit into this season. Uh, <laughs> maybe associated with Agent Liberty. Maybe associated with the the Kara in Russia. What if we got the lanes back? Oh, see that would, that would be good. It's probably not happening, but I'm throwing it out there. I mean, <laughs> let's just put it out there and see what happens. Maybe someone <laughs> is listening. All we're saying is we would really love to see a General Lane. And Lucy show back up. It would be great. I mean, Lois is also related to that family. And I mean, if she wanted to pop by, we wouldn't be opposed. We would we would be okay <laughs> with that if that is something that you wanted to pursue. We would allow it. <laughs> yeah. Who, who knows what uh, this Colonel Haley is going to be doing at this point. Uh, but uh, it's very intriguing. So our last new character, I believe this is our last new character. It is. I scrolled down. Uh, is Manchester Black. Uh, So Manchester Black is the type of guy who brings a knife to a gunfight and still walks away the winner. Oh, man. Uh, With a dark past, he easily deflects the brutality of his mission with his charm and sense of humor. So are you familiar with Manchester Black at all? Not at all. (laughs) Okay, well, he is uh, what I know him from. Uh, He's been in the comics uh, as well as one of the animated films, which is called Superman versus the Elite, which if you haven't watched, you should. It's a pretty good animated film uh he's known for being the leader of a crime fighting group known as the elite and he's famous for clashing with superman on whether or not they should kill criminals so he does Hmm. he does fight crime but he's kind of an anti-hero and he is willing to kill criminals if he needs to because uh, he thinks you know why would you just you know put them in jail for them to come back out and you know, kill people or rob banks again because they're just going to come back out and be criminals again. So that's kind of his stance on it. And uh, I was trying to think about how Manchester Black would fit into the season. Of course, we know nothing really about uh, storylines in terms of where they're going to go with these characters. But I just thought it was interesting that we've got Agent Liberty, who could be associated with uh, the United States. We have a Russian Kara. And we have Manchester Black, whose costume is basically a, U- a Union Jack uh, symbol on his uh, chest. So there's a lot of nationalities huh. going on. <laughs> uh, so I wonder, uh, you know, if they will all kind of interact with each other. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see how they, they might place him into the season. But uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited about Manchester Black. I, I think it would be cool to see him. Uh, pop up in the, in the season. Yeah, I'm interested to, to learn more about him. Yeah, and we will. 
because we'll be doing a character spotlight on Manchester Black. Uh, so get excited <laughs> about that. I just set you up for that one. I, I mean, just that up perfect. <laughs> just, just set it so I could spike it. Um, yes, we will be doing uh, character spotlights on uh, both Dreamgirl and Manchester Black and uh, a few other characters that maybe we should have done character spotlights on previously but never had time. But we'll get to them. Uh, but look for those uh, before the show starts back up in October. All right. Well, now that we've uh, covered kind of the season four casting news, let's get uh, into everything that, I mean, we we are going to cover everything as much as uh, I could figure out. Uh, but we're uh, let's get into what happened at San Diego Comic-Con this year and mostly kind of digging into what happened at the Supergirl panel and uh, looking at some of those highlights. Uh, well, first of all, we should mention that we got a season four trailer. The universe is vast. They come from outer space. They take our jobs, our culture. They steal from us. They hurt us. Look what they've done to our city, our country, our world. A wave of destruction this planet has never seen. We don't need their heroes. When humans root out the invaders, we can be safe again. We need to stand up and be heard. Because divided we fall. It's starting. to protect it. Morgan, did you get a chance to watch that? I did not. Uh, I could not make it into the Supergirl room um, because of, you know how we talked earlier about how I hate lines? Oh, yes. Yeah, I was not going to attempt it because it was just, that was going to be a long line. People love Supergirl. Uh, and so do I. But I was like, you know what? I did the press room. I feel cool. Uh, but they, you know what? They didn't show the trailer at the press room, which was mean. That is upsetting. <laughs> they should have just showed it for all of us who are too lazy to wait in lines. <laughs> well, thank thank goodness for the interwebs. Uh, but uh, you should watch it because it does have a really cool and also very creepy uh, voiceover narration from Agent Liberty. You can tell it's, it's very Sam Witwer, um, and he's he he's he's nailing it already. And what whatever I've uh, seen and heard from him uh, so far, um, he he seems to be channeling his uh, his villain, which he's really good at playing. 
Um, so really interesting dialogue. A lot of the footage was old footage that they were just kind of putting in over his narration. Um, but there was, um, if you'll scroll down, Morgan, I guess we could talk mm-hmm. about this now. Um, <laughs> it's page five of 11 in the, in the docs, in the, in the doc. Um, but uh, there, they did tease a new super suit for Kara. Um, uh, if you go down into the Cara Danvers section, yeah. Thank Whoa, you. what is that? It's there's a lot of lights. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't know exactly. Is this for like um, who is the like the DJ that always wears the helmet? <laughs> uh, Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Is this like her Daft Punk look? I think so. Uh, <laughs> if if you go to Comic Girl's Twitter account, she did post a, a cute little comic of uh. Supergirl in this suit DJing at a party. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought of that stupid joke. <laughs> yeah, so it does look a lot like that. She's got a helmet. Uh, it, it's a cool costume. Uh, when my first uh, when my first instinct when I saw this image was that it looked a lot like how, like especially on Superman the animated series when Superman flies in space. He has this kind of it. The, his spacesuit looks a lot like this. I don't know if it's going to be a spacesuit, uh, which it wouldn't really make sense because every everything that the showrunners talked about for season four was that they were going to be more grounded this season. So I don't think Supergirl is going to be going into space. I kind of hope this is not her costume that she's going to wear all the time because I really love her normal supergirl suit me too so i don't know what this the only thing i can figure with this is that uh, this is my speculation i don't have any knowledge about this but because melissa benoist is still on broadway at this point i have a feeling that they're using this super suit to hide the fact that she's not there Ooh, i think this is probably a stunt woman in this suit <laughs> doing things just lighten the load on Melissa a little bit while she's uh while she's doing Broadway. That's what I think, but I don't know. Uh, so it's an interesting costume. It looks really cool. It's got all the primary colors and the S shield and everything. So it's 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 a really interesting uh, looking suit. So we'll have to see <laughs> what uh what happens uh with it and why she's got it. Uh, but we did get that at the very end of the the trailer that they they showed us for season four. Very cool. Um, but uh, so some of the things that we learned from the showrunners at the panel was that uh, specifically Robert Rovner talked about how the writers wanted season four to be more grounded, as I said. And, and that's when he says that he means uh, as opposed to being off world like we were in Argo City uh, in season three and kind of hanging out in space, going to Mars with the the awesome Britney Spears playlist. <laughs> in the press room, I did want to ask if that meant we weren't going to get any more Argo City, but I just did. We just didn't have the time at the table. But I was like, oh, R.I.P. Gazebo. Yeah, we're no, we're never we're never going to get <laughs> we're closure on the, on the gazebo. I I am I am heartbroken. Uh, it's going to be one of those questions that we're just, we're never going to have an answer to. Did they fix the gazebo? The drop storylines. It's going to be in our next roundup. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to the gazebo? Uh, But so it is going to be a more grounded season uh, in season four. Um, the, The writers also talked about how they want to use the show to reflect on things that are going on in our world today, which <laughs> seems to be pretty obvious uh, in, <laughs> in some of the, the, the casting and the uh, storylines that they seem to be 
putting out there. They do seem to be uh, going ripped from the headlines, law and order style for dun, dun. this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jessica Queller mentioned that the theme that the theme of season four is going to be what is stronger, hope or fear. So I think that's actually a, a cool way to look into uh, Supergirl and maybe also what they're doing with Agent Liberty. I think that could be really cool. Uh, they talked about how the beginning of the season will include a rising anti-alien sentiment. Uh, so Morgan, mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about aliens in the world of Supergirl. Yes, let's get into this. <laughs> because, and I think we talked about this in season two, because season two, I think they tried to play up this anti-alien sentiment situation as well. They did. They did. They they remember the storyline uh, as often as they drop it. <laughs> so it, it does come up and then, um, and then. It's like a roller coaster. It's up and down. Uh, but I think we were talking a little bit before the podcast recording about how in season one, it seemed like all the aliens that were on Earth had come from Fort Ross and they were all Fort Ross escapees. And then the show moved from the CBS to the CW. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the place was just lousy with aliens. There was an alien bar. I mean, I don't think that Brian was doing hard time at Fort Ross. So... Now it seems like aliens just kind of like kick it with the rest of us. Um, But I don't feel like they ever really adequately explain like the difference in the show's mythology. They were just like, people will go with it. And we have, but I've questioned it. (laughs) I just don't understand. Like, was Fort Ross a really big prison? Did it hold like (laughs) hundreds of thousands of aliens? Maybe Brian was in like the white collar crime unit or like the, or like the misdemeanor drug crime unit, (laughs) like the mandatory minimum unit (laughs) where he got caught with some weed. (laughs) Brian did not seem like he was struggling with any anti-alien sentiment. He's, I mean, he, he was obviously doing some shady things, but he didn't seem to be, you know, uh, oppressed in any way. He didn't seem to be bothered by what was going on. He was a sharp dresser, so I feel like he was employed somewhere. Sharp, sharp dresser. He had a pretty good car. I think that we saw one <laughs> shot where he was in his car. Uh, I th- Was it the Exodus episode where we saw one of those episodes? It might have been. We saw him in, in a car. He seemed to be doing fine. Uh, but I, I just, my question always leads back to Fort Ross. How many aliens were in Fort Ross? How many aliens are in National City currently? Are they, do they reproduce quickly? Is that why, why this is happening? <laughs> is, is Brian actually only five months old? <laughs> like, we don't, well, we may never know. Like, the, I feel like it's, it's important to remind, um, to remind everybody because I forget this a lot that the president of this universe is an alien. Yes. Uh, I forget that all the time. <laughs> so uh, the and the only thing that I can think of, which is a valid concern for the people of National City, if there is anti-alien sentiment, um, season one, aliens tried to invade National City, put everybody, sort of made everybody brainwashed. Uh, and tried to take over the city. Then in season two, season at, two. The, at the end of the season, uh, the Daxamites came in, tried to invade the city. And boy, they weren't friendly. <laughs> they were not friendly. And there was huge fights. Even Superman had to come in and help them fight off the Daxamites. Uh, season three, 
had evil Kryptonians and evil Kryptonian witches who wanted to terraform the city, and uh, Rain went around killing criminals and any and terrorized the city. And they were pretty sure she was an alien. She was definitely an alien, and so I can imagine the people of National City are like, you know what, we've had enough of this. <laughs> you know what, we're cool with you aliens until May, and then. I, I cat it with you guys. Maybe they should just have like all the aliens just maybe leave the city for May and come back after sweeps. <laughs> just go on vacation and then come back and be really friendly with us. Come back after the finale and <laughs> we're cool with you. No, it's uh, it's definitely one of the situations where I feel like. So it seems like this season is, like you said, going to be very ripped from the headlines. And it's one of those situations where I feel like the message that they want to say is sometimes often undermined by their own show. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, what they want to say is that you should not be, I mean, the aliens are obviously uh, a placeholder for immigrants. Sure, sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, We got got that. mm -hmm, uh, Because that's, uh, because it was uh, what I would like to call super obvious. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But Again, like you mentioned, every season, the main villain is an alien. So I feel like they're not making the strong point that they want to. I mean, maybe the point that they're trying to make is that you can't judge everybody by the actions of a, of a small few. Uh, in that case, maybe they shouldn't have had a whole community of aliens come in and try to take over. A whole race of aliens. I just feel like... God, their hearts are in the right place, but boy, are they messing that up. (laughs) Uh, It's almost like if they wrote a gun control episode where they said that you only need a shield uh, to defend yourself and and guns are bad. And then... Wait, and then they had the guy with wearing the shield die in the next episode. And everyone was saved <laughs> by a gun. Uh, so <laughs> they're really bad at this. This is what this is my main concern for the season. Because I as I was telling you, Rebecca, like worldview wise, I am very in line with the ideals that they are putting out. However, in actuality, when the show contradicts what they're trying to say, it makes it very hard for me because on the one hand, I guess I agree with you, but on the other hand, boy, that's dumb. Maybe they learned some things about how to execute these kinds of stories (laughs) from what they did last season. I hope that they've learned from, listen, I feel like they should all sit in a room and watch that gun control episode (laughs) and really break it down like we did and like learn from those mistakes. I see, but you have to watch the gun control episode and then the very next (laughs) week's episode episode. (laughs) to really grasp what maybe were the mistakes made <laughs> with the the writing of those two episodes and it's all it also goes back to like what we were talking about before where you have you know in season two with the uh the immigration stuff that they were trying to do and at the end of the season they had refugees slash immigrants invading the earth so there are some uh ways in which they could improve when they do storylines like this so there is <laughs> i i will admit <laughs> to having concerns about the execution of what they want to do for the season. 
Uh, again, I totally understand. You know, I think I am politically uh, opposite of you, Morgan, uh, which is fine. I'm open to all kinds of ideas. We can talk about uh, all kinds of issues. I'm totally fine with uh, talking about, uh, you know, differing opinions. That's kind of what we do here on Supergirl Radio. I feel like if we can uh, talk about our differing opinions on, you know, an alien who shoots lasers from her eyes. Oh, yeah. I think we can talk about pretty much anything and have a civil conversation. Uh, but I'm pretty open-minded, so I will, you know, uh, watch whatever story you want to tell because it's your perspective, it's your story, it's your show. Do whatever you want to do. But all I'm asking is, uh, do it well. <laughs> do it well. See, that's my thing. It's like I don't. I, I'm not asking Supergirl to not be a show that has opinions or like political beliefs and puts them in the show. I think that's great. I think all art is political. Sure, but. You need to be consistent about it. It needs to make consistent sense within the universe. I don't like watching the show and being like, this is the portion of the show that they watched after they uh, that they they wrote after they watched something troubling on CNN. <laughs> and then the rest of it is the rest of the show. <laughs> like I felt like that was uh, when they go into their issues stuff, I feel like they often do it without thinking about the totality of the universe that they that the characters exist in and so the story feels kind of like a very special episode of something that they want to tell but sometimes it is very much contradicted by just the rest of the show yeah so i'm i'm hoping that they will find a good balance for the season you know tell those stories that you want to tell but also uh maybe do some character stuff yeah just do like let's just see some car like you know, hanging out with some people and learning to be a reporter and showing up for work occasionally. Like that's, <laughs> I don't, the other stuff is great, but like, um, but let's get, I love these characters and I just want more time with them. Yeah. We, we don't really ask for much. We just want Kara to show up for work. That's really, <laughs> if, occasionally if, on you, time. if you do that, we could we could maybe go with whatever you want to do. We're we're so easy. <laughs> we're really easy to please on Supergirl Radio. Um, but to kind of get through more of what we learned from the showrunners, uh, Jessica Queller uh, asked the question, how can Supergirl be a beacon of hope when she represents the thing people are afraid of, unquote? And that's actually a good question. You know, Supergirl is an alien. Uh, and if people have anti-alien sentiments, how does she factor into it? How does she become an example for people to see that not all aliens are bad? So I think that that's, that's a good quandary to put Supergirl in. And I hope because of, for me, this all seems kind of divisive a little bit. Like it's intentionally trying to, even in the season four trailer, you know, he uh, Agent Liberty says, you know, divided we fall. And uh, so I, I hope that the season, if it, if it makes the point that we're divided, I hope by the end of the season, there's a way that Supergirl can unite people. Uh, that, that would be a good ending for me personally, uh, not to have expectations, because I try not to take expectations into things before seeing them. But uh, I, I don't want to watch a season where everything is so divisive all the time. And I will say, I, I think that Supergirl as a whole is a very hopeful show or at least has been. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm also hopeful that they'll come out with a, with a, a hopeful um, story in this one. 
Yeah, and I think uh, if anybody can can unite people and even quote bad guys, it could be Supergirl because she has that's one of the the traits of her characters that she's willing to listen to people and try to understand where they're coming from. So uh, hopefully that means good things for the character of Supergirl. Uh, the, sh- uh, the showrunners also talked about their take on Superman Red Sun. They said it will, pe- will be teased out in the beginning, and then it will become a big centerpiece in the latter part of the season. So uh, according to Robert Rovner, we're going to see it a little bit at the beginning of the season, and then it might be a bigger deal later on. Actually, now that, now that you mentioned that uh, Melissa Benoist is on Broadway, it makes a lot more sense because you wouldn't really want to put your twin storyline uh, right at the top of the season when your actress is like maybe back and forth. <laughs> yeah, when you don't have the twin to do it. It's like, we're going to need you in every scene twice. Uh, is that cool while you're doing Broadway? Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of surprised because I wanted more follow-up to that cliffhanger, but because of the schedule, it does make a lot of sense. Uh, and Jessica Queller and Sarah Schechter said that when will be back at some point and that, quote, anything is possible for a return of, of Monel and Cat Grant. So uh, who knows what will happen on the returning characters front, but uh, that's what they said. Uh, so getting into Cara Danvers and Supergirl, what we learned about uh, her character was that season four will feature more of Cara as a reporter, like we talked about, and that she'll be just as much of a hero in her reporter role as she will be as Supergirl, which is good to hear because uh, I think that that's something that I wanted to personally see more of is that Cara could do things as a journalist if she wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she could, she could you know, do that research and find out what's going on with those pelicans. She could really bust that thing all open. She could have saved could those have pelicans. Saved those pelicans. They didn't have to go out that way. made a difference. <laughs> so maybe we'll get to see Kara uh, make a difference in National City as a reporter. That would be really cool to see. Uh, Melissa Benoist thinks that in season four, uh, after having de- defeated Rain in season three, that Kara is now the most confident she's ever been. So that could be a different uh, take on Kara because Kara in season three, at the beginning of it, she was ready to walk away from being Kara Danvers. She was really bummed out. She had been mourning the loss of Monel. So seeing her be really confident after defeating Rain, uh, that could be a, a cool change for uh, her character. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see a car that is more confident and more like centered than the one that we saw last season. I think she went through a real journey last season. Um, she went through some tough stuff. And I think this season she's kind of coming at it with a, a, a you know, like a better mindset, which I'm excited to see because we've seen We've seen kind of mopey Kara, so I'm excited to see, you know, I'm on top of the world, Kara. Yeah, I think that that'll be a refreshing change of pace for her character. So looking forward to that. Um, and so let's get into a little bit of Alex. We uh, we didn't learn a lot about Alex Danvers in season four, but what we did hear was that balance was going to be a big thing for her this upcoming season. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing balance in her, her work life, the old Liz Lemon <laughs> Can she have it all? Can she have it all? (laughs) Uh, So uh, with Alex taking on this new role as DEO director and also wanting to be a mom, that is probably going to be a big deal for Alex in season four. I hope she doesn't spend the whole season on um, Child Pet Finder, like like the back end of season three. Surely she will have found something uh, (laughs) in all of those web searches. All of those searches with like baby (laughs) (laughs) what is what is she doing with her downtime Uh, (laughs) could she find the right uh, adoption 
for uh, for her needs. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with Alex and and how she gets that balance. I'd love to see Alex just like chill out and maybe date a little bit this season. Like I'm just uh, this is not in the doc. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> like Alex, it's it's the biological clock is not ticking that hard. Like you you can just maybe lay back a little and enjoy and like maybe go on a date she could date someone who has a kid she could even do that that would be uh that would be a twofer i mean there's all <laughs> sorts of possibilities uh and and how you can become a mom uh anyway uh so we'll, we'll have to see what where alex's journey takes her in finding that balance uh well f- from the panel what we learned about jean jones uh, a.k.a. Martian Manhunter, is that uh, David Harewood spoke about how Jean has always been the father to Kara and Alex, and just because he's not at the DEO, that's not going to change. Of course, Space Dad. That's good to hear. The Space Dad will continue to be Space, Space Dad. Dad forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, even though the, he won't be spending, a, you know, the the same quantity of time that he has with Kara and Alex, but it seems like quality will be uh, still there in terms of him getting to spend time with Karin Alex. So that's good to know. Uh, and uh, David talked about how he's uh, been enjoying that he doesn't have to wear his DEO uniform all the time. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious to, to what is he doing now? What is John Jones' uh, you know, uh, clothing style? What is his uh, wardrobe sense uh, without the DEO uniform? I think the Jean stuff is some of the stuff that I'm most excited to see next season because I don't have a lot of knowledge of Martian Manhunter in the comics. I just don't know what they're going to be doing with him. And that's kind of exciting. Like they could do anything with him. It's almost like Jean has a secret. <gasps> oh my God. His, that's his secret. <laughs> we discovered it. His mysterious secret is going to be revealed in season four. You heard it dun, here. Dun, dun. First. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't show up all season. <laughs> <laughs> that is the secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, David Harewood also said that he thinks that Jean will struggle to be peaceful when the world outside is violent and in trouble. So that's a, a cool insight into his character for season four, into uh, what where his head is. And uh, during the IMDb live interview with Kevin Smith, it was announced that David Harewood would be directing episode 419. That is very exciting. Cool. I will, I will definitely be looking forward to that. I wish they had announced that Rebecca Johnson would be directing another episode. <laughs> but uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing what uh, David Harewood does behind the camera. Uh, well, in terms of James and what McCod Brooks is going to be up to this season McCod mentioned that there was going to be some fallout to james unmasking himself as guardian and that there will also be some unexpected support i guess mm. for guardian so i'm curious as to where that comes from i wonder if it will come from the police department what if they're like actually we've been chill with you all along <laughs> <laughs> they deputize him <laughs> That was see now that would be really cool because we did talk about that um, in our season three episodes about how he doesn't have his commissioner Gordon, he doesn't have his Maggie Sawyer anymore. So I don't know. That's just my speculation. Maybe it's coming from the police. Maybe that would be that would be really interesting. Yeah, I would be into that. So we'll have to keep our eyes open uh, about what that's uh, going to be referring to. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, with James as Guardian because that that was a huge deal that he was like, hey, I'm Guardian, it's cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll have to see what goes down with that. 
Um, in terms of Lena Luther, we got uh, quite a bit of stuff about uh, what Katie thinks about Lena's journey. Um, first of all, she wanted to remind everybody at the panel that her last name is pronounced McGrath, which <laughs> I had heard her say before, but a lot of people just say McGrath. So uh, we kind of just kind of went with that. But because she has reemphasized that, and I appreciate that she took the time to teach a uh, correct pronunciation because we had dealt with bad pronunciations all season three. So I'm glad that someone actually said, nope, this is how you say it. So thank you, Katie, for that. Um, she also emphasized during the panel that it was important that Lena doesn't know uh, about Kara's secret identity so that uh, so that Kara has someone to be human with, someone she doesn't have to always be the hero with and someone she can be vulner- uh, vulnerable with. So if Lena did know that Kara is Supergirl, uh, that all gets taken away from Kara. And I, I think that's a cool perspective um, from Katie about Lena's thinking on, on all that. I will say that um, that perspective that that Kara needs somebody that she can just be a person with and not Supergirl uh, was the only thing that has ever made sense to me about why <laughs> Kara uh, doesn't tell Lena. And it's like Katie McGraw's like headcanon. Uh, but I think that like, you know, if, if the writers wanted to get Katie McGraw into that room, I would not be opposed because I was like, oh, that like that makes a lot of sense from like emotional perspective that she would want somebody that she could just be a human with and not have to that person not know that she's Supergirl and she's this like superhero, but just see her as Cara Danvers. But I don't think that the show has given us that so much, but uh, I think it, it does make sense for her character. Yeah, because if you think about in terms of the rest of the cast. Alex knows who she is. James knows who she is. John, Brainy, Wen did, uh, Monel did. All of those characters did, and so uh, even uh, Space uh, Space Granddad did. Yeah. So Lena really, truly is the only one that she could just be Cara Danvers and not have to worry about the Supergirl part of herself with. So I buy it. I agree. I don't think the show has really. Uh, I don't know if the show has earned that. Yeah, has earned that interpretation. But it's the only one that doesn't make me rageful about why (laughs) Kara hasn't told Lena yet. So uh, kudos, Katie. (laughs) Yes, I think that is a valid response to that question. Um, And I just happen to think this is really funny and also slash awesome in the panel. Some awesome fan got up to the microphone cosplaying as drunk Lena (laughs) wearing a National City (laughs) University sweatshirt. A true hero, you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Not all heroes wear capes. Uh, This fan got up and asked if Lena will be getting any bodyguards because she's had, and this person counted them out, so I'm glad we have this information now, 11 assassination attempts on (laughs) Lena's life. So uh, that was good to know because we have noticed that she has uh, been been the uh, target of many uh, assassination attempts over the course of the show. So uh, Katie basically said, well, you know, if Lena's still alive, it's because she can handle herself. So I guess we're not going to get any bodyguards for Lena anytime soon because she's pretty capable of uh, dealing with these assassination attempts on on her own. (laughs) And she she also needs to be uh, almost assassinated at least another five times next season. If she had bodyguard, that might be hard. I mean, it's kind of her thing now. It is her thing. She 
does it. She's like, you know what? I've I've grown to enjoy the thrill of danger. Yeah, there's just like a subplot that Lena has become like an adrenaline junkie. Like she's just like <laughs> skydiving on the weekends. She's making enemies with people just so that they will want to kill her. I could I could <laughs> yes. I could totally see it. Um, and just for a little bit of our uh, character news that we got from the panel, there was a little bit of mention of Brainiac 5 and what he might be up to in Season 4. They mentioned that, uh, Jesse actually mentioned this, that Brainy may butt heads with Alex, I'm guessing, at his uh, with his new role at the DEO. So that could be a lot of fun uh, to see what shenanigans they will be up to. Yeah, I think that's going to be a fun dynamic, uh, seeing seeing Alex just basically put out with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> she did seem a couple of times there in season three. She did seem a little annoyed with him. <laughs> I think that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I am looking forward to that because uh, it, it would be neat to see how they progressively maybe get to know each other and uh, over the course of the season maybe come to where they, they can work well together. But I, I'm not opposed to seeing them buttheads. That could be uh, tons of fun. Um, well, uh, I think that's going to do it in terms of our uh, looking back at the, the panel and kind of everything we learned from uh, the cast and the writers and showrunners of this show um, but before we wrap up, we have an email from New Rachel. Uh, so thanks for writing in, New Rachel. Uh, she writes, uh, quote, loved seeing Morgan's interview question with Katie McGrath about Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom, and I'm glad it means more visibility for Supergirl Radio, unquote. Um, so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? Because <laughs> Amazing, but often so inappropriate for the setting Don't, she's in. Guys, I'm like, why am I wearing something off the shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> I had a I'm like, dude, we're, we're sizing it up right now. Why are we wearing open-toed shoes? And like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I, I beyond me. She looks pretty. <laughs> What's been your favorite of her outfits? <laughs> um, what is my favorite of her outfits? The gala outfit where she was the off-the-shoulder black thing with the every girl is going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The off-the-shoulder black was really, I liked. I felt very good in that. I the thing is, I do love Lena's outfits and I love them. They're great when they're in the boardroom, but then I'm like, why am I in a lab wearing this? I mean, I know it looks good, but also things are exploding and I'm not allowed to Safety-wise, it's Safety. not great. <laughs> but it looks good. And also, guys, she flies. It's like minus two outside and she's in a miniskirt. Let's just not question why <laughs> So, Morgan, I know everyone wants to hear about this, including me. Uh, because uh, you did mention boardroom or ballroom to Katie, and she seemed <laughs> to really get tickled about it. So please, uh, for everyone listening and for me, please tell us the story of uh, how you interviewed Katie McGrath. Okay. Well, I will say this is one of my proudest moments. Uh, <laughs> I am going to toot my own horn here. You should. Because, <laughs> because I was like... So it, we were at the press table. It did not seem like we were going to get Katie. And we, uh, my press table um, was heartbroken. Uh, we were cle- I was clearly among many Katie fans. <laughs> and so we asked one of the public, we were like, could we get Katie? She was like, only for like a minute. And we were like, that's fine. We just want to, we just want to ask her like one question, any question. So we get Katie, we end up getting her for like almost seven minutes, I think. Uh, we got her for a while. So after people ask like some, a couple of respectable questions, like normal ones, <laughs> I, 
I was sitting there going, am I going to do the dumb thing I want to do? And then I just decided I'm totally going to do it. So <laughs> I, I mentioned Supergirl Radio. Um, and then I, I mentioned our segment, Boardroom or Ballroom. And like before I could even get to the question, which was going to just be like, what was her favorite outfit? She was like laughing and agreeing that some of Lena's outfits are very impractical. She was like, why is she wearing open-toed shoes when she's in a lab? That's a safety concern. So uh, she was very, very funny about it. And, like, just really rolled with what I can imagine is one of the dumber things that she got asked that day. Uh, and had some, like, actually good insights about how uh, really deeply impractical Lena's <laughs> outfits are. Uh, just just not good for this situation good outfits but not for the situation that she wears them in my favorite thing is though she immediately agreed with everything that we had said in season three of supergirl radio about the off the shoulders she mentioned the off the shoulder looks and we've had a whole thing about you know her her shoulders if she shows her shoulders that's her superpower kind of coming out (laughs) and she she immediately went to the off the shoulder looks uh so i I thought that was hilarious and honestly Morgan I think for those people now I'm not a celebrity I don't I don't do those kinds of things I don't have people asking me questions all day about the thing that I'm working on but I can imagine that you start to repeat the same things because you probably get a lot of the same questions asked of you at these types of things so I actually am really excited that you decided to ask that dumb question because it was different. Nobody else at that table was going to ask that That's question. true. That's true. That is the one thing. I got a unique answer from uh, from Katie because no one else was going to ask her boardroom or ballroom. Uh, <laughs> no one else would think of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was really fun. That was probably uh, the highlight of my Comic-Con this year was getting to ask that dumb question to Katie. Um, and also because her answer was so funny and like so good. And, uh, and when I asked her my follow-up, which was what was her favorite outfit, she knew immediately, like yeah. there was no hesitation. She was like, yes, the off the shoulder black outfit. And, and she's like, yeah, look at everyone at this table is nodding. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that look, I think is the, the black gala dress that she wears in the episode for good. Um, and I remember we did a snap judgment about which off-the-shoulder look we preferred. So this is the most important snap judgment that we uh, will will cover <laughs> on Supergirl Radio this week. I also think it's going to be the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> really think about your choices and your options and, and really just consider it very thoughtfully. Okay. So this snap judgment is off-the-shoulder Lena outfit in Legion of Superheroes or off-the-shoulder Lena outfit in For Good. I will give Lena um, credit for that she's found a good look for herself and she's sticking <laughs> to it. Um, this is very hard because both of them, great looks, just really top-notch. <laughs> but if I had to pick off-the-shoulder Legion of Superheroes. Oh, interesting. I know. I I would have to go off the shoulder Lena outfit in for good. And the reason, and I know we're not supposed to give them, <laughs> but the reason is 
I appreciate that the Legion of Superheroes off the shoulder look was completely implausible for the location that she was at. (laughs) (laughs) So you actually liked it because it was totally inappropriate for work. Yeah, you should not be wearing that in the boardroom. (laughs) And yet there she was. And who's going to say anything to her? She's Lena Luthor. (laughs) Well, and see, my choice is based on the fact that her look in For Good actually was... (laughs) <laughs> applicable to the location she was uh she was her, the, the gala she was attending it sort of looked more like a formal attire uh so that's that's funny we chose them for totally different reasons so we actually did talk about that dress <laughs> um so it was really fun i knew immediately the the one that I she knew, was talking yes, about i knew it exactly what outfit she was talking about i was like yep <laughs> yeah and she looked fantastic in it she did she rocked it she was crushing it in that outfit so i th- i think that's one of the uh the more uh interesting interviews that i've seen and not just because it's supergirl not not just because I you mean, dropped I did the also supergirl get name. to name drop supergirl radio <laughs> i mean that does make me immensely proud and happy but i also hello, hello new listeners <laughs> yes if you have just <laughs> join us there's maybe one new listener and they're like i feel so seen yes so uh welcome uh we (laughs) do a lot of crazy things and have a lot of fun segments so uh enjoy the podcast but i personally will always try to ask the weird question because those are the those are the fun ones i think those are the ones that that they might remember more and um, so I'm really happy that you you got the nerve to ask that question because it it makes me like happy inside that Katie knows that Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom exists. <laughs> exists, yes. She is now aware of that segment. <laughs> she may never listen to the podcast, but at least for that that, for that brief, brief moment, moment, she knew. <laughs> she knew that we talk about just her character. We do have a care. We have a segment just for Lena on Supergirl Radio. And that makes me happy that she knows that. So that was very cool. Um, Well, New Rachel continues her email by writing, quote, and seeing as how you enjoy talking about Lena's outfits so much, it would be fun to hear your thoughts on the outfits the rest of the cast were wearing uh, on Saturday, uh, talking about the the big day, the WBTV, uh, DCTV day at Comic-Con, because some of them were pretty interesting, unquote. So, uh, Morgan, what are your takes on the cast members' outfits uh, that they wore at Comic-Con. Okay. Well, um, Katie's, I really liked Katie's outfit. It was like a little red skirt and she had a hat. I really like that. hat. I love the hat. The hat really just brings in like that 90s realness. She kind of <laughs> looks like a... Blossom. What was her? Blossom. Yeah, yeah it's she's a rocking that Blossom hat. Look. She is, she is bringing it. She is bringing it hard. Um, I really liked Kyler's outfit. The, the picture that you have, I think in this doc, she's sitting down. So you kind of can't tell, but when she's standing up, it's kind of got like a little, a little bit of a little mermaid vibe to it. Hmm. Like the colors, like there's like a teal and like a yellow. I could see that. Yeah. I liked it. Um, Melissa's outfit was really nice. I feel like she's still in that beautiful vibe. So she kind of <laughs> looks like the 70s. Uh, she's like in the all white outfit. I was um, confused by Makad's outfit, if I'm going to be honest. It was a lot of white and there were some tassels on things and I didn't understand it. Oh, I, I can't see the tassels. Yeah. Yeah. See, you can't see the tassels. But when he was standing up, I looked over and I was like, is he going to a yoga retreat? I was, <laughs> I was a little judgmental um, and a little confused. Well, I, I think the white looks good on him, though. 
Uh, it is a good color for him, definitely. So that, so that is good. Uh, I think that Jesse was just wearing a, was it like a Legion t-shirt? Or? Yeah, he had a Legion of Superheroes t-shirt with a Legion he, ring. <laughs> he had the Legion ring, which apparently he just kind of lifted from set. <laughs> he went to a nerd convention as a nerd. He came correct, basically. <laughs> I At one point, we were sitting at the table, and I turned to Kat, who is one of my co-hosts on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. I just like slapped her, and I was like, he's wearing the ring. Like, a huge, like the huge nerd that I am. And she was like, I know. <laughs> and I think that she, I like, she asked him a question and pointed out his ring. And he was like, yeah, isn't it cool? Uh, <laughs> and then he went on to, like, a whole thing about that there was another ring in season one. And, like, yes. I was like, I feel like, I feel like Jesse Rath, like, could come onto this podcast and we could talk about the forgotten storylines of season one. Because I feel like he's on top of things. He's, like, doing his research. He's, like, reading his comics. We actually did talk about uh, the differences between those uh, those rings. So, open invitation to Jesse Rath. Uh, come on Supergirl Radio anytime you want to uh, and talk about those kinds of nerdy nerdy things because we would have a good time. Yeah. And then uh, David Harewood, I liked his outfit. It was casual. He had a nice little bomber on. And then uh, Nicole Maines. So her outfit, she is channeling some L- Lena Luther realness. Her shoulders are out. She is, uh, <laughs> yeah, she that is, is in true. charge. That That's how I know. That's a power move when you get your shoulders out. So I have to give respect to Nicole. <laughs> and also it looks like something that would be kind of cool for i don't know how hot it is in san diego it was pretty toasty i mean it was like you get a good breeze down there because you're right by the water at the convention center but it can still get like it can still get pretty warm so i think that she was probably pretty comfortable yeah so they they all looked like they had they had come i mean they've been doing this for a couple years they they know what to they know what to wear they know not to wear like a like a like Lean luther's corella deville parker (laughs) (laughs) it might be a little too hot for that too Um, warm yeah, so um, so thank you for uh, uh, guiding us through those looks, um, and also new Rachel has a question for you, Morgan. Who was Ooh. your who was your favorite cast member to interview? Oh, that's a good question. So we only got three cast members, so not a ton, uh, unfortunately. It's a, it was a pretty busy room. Um, so I got to interview not me personally, our table got to interview Katie um, and Melissa. And Jesse and all three of them, I will say, are super lovely, had like really great, thoughtful answers to everything. Sometimes you get in these press rooms and the actors just seem like they are still tired from whatever party they were at last night and they just don't care. Uh, And I definitely didn't get that vibe from anybody who we interviewed. But I have to say, special place in my heart. It was Katie. <laughs> we all know that the we all knew what the answer was going to be. <laughs> I will say uh, I enjoyed the Melissa interview because uh, didn't you ask her about uh, Kara Oki? So that one is all you though, Rebecca, because that was your question that I was literally reading off of your email <laughs> that I had on my phone in front of me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, if we get somebody and I don't have a question, Rebecca's got me covered. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I I was like looking at these questions and Rebecca had a, a whole bunch of really good ones there for Cara and sl- uh, and uh, and Melissa and slowly people were picking them off basically and like asking yeah. the insightful ones and I was like well there's this other one and I think it's going to get a good answer from her so I asked her what her favorite karaoke her go-to karaoke song was and she got so excited about that question <laughs> i think that was like the most excited she was she was like let me tell you about karaoke like 
<laughs> Melissa Benoist, I think, is probably like a pretty ace person to go to the karaoke with. <laughs> she, I mean, that would be a pretty fun night if you got to do that. She would want to sing and have a good time. Uh, yeah, so always always have a weird question in your back pocket when you interview people. That's that's always my advice. Like, ask ask them the things that, you, you know, people want to know. And then ask them just some really weird thing that you want to know. I have to say, I am a little heartbroken that we didn't get Makad. Because I'm just going to be, I'm going to sort of put it out there. I'm going to lay it on the table. I'm going to be real with you guys. I was going to ask him about the about <laughs> about his under-desk office situation. I was going to ask him if he lived under the desk. And we would have finally found out. <laughs> Morgan would have made it weird. I would have made it so weird at that table. <laughs> so, so weird. <laughs> Makad, is James homeless? Is, is James, does he have a home? <laughs> and a follow-up question is it under his desk? <laughs> it was going to be real strange. So um, in some ways, I think he's probably glad that he didn't get to my interviewing skills at work. <laughs> oh, one day we'll get the answer for that. <laughs> but I will say, um, I think um, Corey has been on the podcast before, hasn't she? Yes, yes. Uh, Corey was at a table with McCod and got to talk about um, trans, the first trans superhero and trans representation and visibility kind of started tearing up and he gave her a huge hug and it was a, such a special moment. I think if, uh, I don't know who's somebody, I think maybe it was Supergirl TV that has the, the video interview of that. Uh, you should definitely check that out. It was, it was very, very sweet and very special. And it was like such a nice moment. I didn't get to see it cause I wasn't at the same table. I was at the table asking nonsense questions obviously <laughs> if i was at the table i would have brought that whole vibe way down <laughs> but i recommend that everybody else check that out yeah you can probably find that at supergirl.tv so shout out to them uh for their coverage of that and uh yeah so we'll we'll maybe have to have cory on for either uh i know uh cory likes uh legion of superheroes yeah so maybe to talk about dream girl or or i'll offer it up uh any episode Corey, if you want to come and talk about any of the episodes, uh, anytime you want. <laughs> so, uh, you're always welcome back anytime. Uh, so that's really cool. Makad seems like a good guy. We just really want to know if James is homeless. We, I just want to, I'm so just concerned. I'm just concerned. We are just concerned. That's all. <laughs> um, and new Rachel has a question for both of us. Uh, which was your favorite interview to watch slash here? Did you get to watch any other interviews? You know, I, I haven't, uh, but the, the Corey one that I referenced, I think that would have been my favorite uh, other than my own, because I'm a <laughs> horrible ego monster and that's something everyone should know about Look, me. <laughs> that, that Katie interview, it was, that it was classic. That was legendary. Was. Morgan Glennon is now a legend for having <laughs> asked that question. So, um, that's kind of tough to top, but I did watch the Facebook live that the cast did. And I laughed so hard, Morgan, because <laughs> they played a game that was essentially snap judgments. Oh, my God. Yes, you sent that to me. And I, I couldn't. So when you said it, it was like they're basically playing snap judgments. I was like, sure, sure, sure. They were basically playing snap judgments. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> they were doing snap judgments on Facebook. Uh, like they, the first one was uh, Katie asked Melissa, you know, Krypton or Earth. And she, she started to say Krypton. And everybody was like, oh. <laughs> everybody turned on her so violently. Um, so 
that's the kind of stuff that I like to see. I like that snap judgments, the, the format of that is continuing to, to circulate. Of course, to be honest and to be fair, I did steal that from smart girls at the party, uh, from Amy Poehler's smart girls, uh, at the party, but it's a great format. It is a great format. And it's a great way to, uh, get people's opinions. But I just, I thought it was so funny. I was like, they are playing snap judgments. So that, that it's, it's, uh, it's Morgan's interview with Katie. (laughs) Then that Facebook live. That's what I would say. Yeah, and the Facebook Live is really good, too. It's actually not as long as I thought it was, because when you sent me the the file and it was like 11 minutes, I was like, all right. But uh, it's actually much shorter than that. You just have to kind of scroll in. But, like, all the cast members have to answer these snap judgments, and they're they're really fun. It's fun to hear their answers and and get to hear what questions, you know, the snap judgments that they get to to be asked. So it was cool. I was like – Y'all could come on Supergirl Radio and play that game a lot. Yes, we we really we really just need the the cast to come on and play Snap Judgments with us. I think. I mean, if anybody is listening, we would have a lot of fun. Wink, wink, publicist. Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get people on your show, right? You're just weird on your podcast that they don't listen to. (laughs) That's the only way I know how to do it. (laughs) That's that's how we play it. (laughs) That's how we go about it. Um, and to finish out uh, New Rachel's email, uh, she writes, And speaking of material from interviews, I was glad to hear that someone else noticed the difference between the ring and the Fortress of Solitude. This is what you were talking about, Morgan. <laughs> yes. And the rings that the Legionnaires were wearing in Season 3. Knowing this show's history with dropped slash forgotten <laughs> plot points, I don't expect it to be brought up, but at least it's nice to be acknowledged. Hashtag Monel's an anachronism. Tell your friends. <laughs> Hashtag two legions. Um, and then New Rachel ends her email with... With, finally, how did you both think that this Comic Con compares to past ones for Supergirl content in terms of generating excitement for the season and in terms of how much information we got in the panel and individual interviews, unquote? That is a really good question. Mm, that is a really good question. Um, so last year, I did the panel, but I didn't do the press room. So it was a different experience for me. Um, because I think I mentioned the last time we were chatting that I did the panel and I was on the Supergirl radio Twitter and I was tweeting out all this stuff and it was just like, there was a a constant stream, like a barrage of retweets and like my phone was blowing up and it was getting really hot in my hands. And I was like, how do celebrities do do this? And I, I threw it across the room, um, (laughs) immediately logged out of the Supergirl radio Twitter account, (laughs) never returned. Um, so, so it was a different, that was a different experience. I think that they gave like I'd say I feel like they gave a similar amount of information both years so I don't feel like we got more that I mean we got maybe maybe more casting information I don't think that we did we did we find out who was playing rain last year at comic-con I don't think we did ah uh, I think Odette was at the panel so I'm completely wrong, and th- we did. I think if I if I remember, <laughs> you that might correctly. be right. You know what? You might be right. I have a very terrible memory. I'm just I'm I'm not looking this up. I'm just kind of going off my memory. <laughs> so this has been the only. This has been my first Comic Con that Supergirl has been at that I've actually been able to make the press room because for various reasons I haven't. You know, sometimes they conflict it with something else. Sometimes, uh, yeah, girl was hungover. So <laughs> <laughs> this year. I made it, and I was so excited to be in the press room. So I have to say, I think this year was a great year just because I achieved a goal. <laughs> you really knocked it out of the park. I, I say. did. 
Got uh, in there. In terms of your, your phone blowing up, uh, I know that Lena Lisa Boardroom or Ballroom tweet you sent out got over 300 likes. Might, yes. might have been more. So you probably, you probably blew it up <laughs> with that tweet. Um, and also, you managed to get gift on Tumblr uh, with over 9,000 <laughs> notes, uh, close to close to 10,000. Can I put that? I mean, I'm just asking, but can I put I'm a gif on my resume? <laughs> is that is that, a, is that a skill? Is that something that I should be proud of? Because I'm so proud of it. And that's I'm just asking. You should be. It's an incredible asking honor. for a friend who is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that is uh, uh what we're saying really is we would like to be gift more we would just like to almost exclusively to be gift <laughs> if you if you have gift making skills and you just want to like make a gif of any, literally anything that has to do with us we have huge egos we would love that i mean you can <laughs> you could go through any of our episodes pull out it could be anything <laughs> you I, even if it's out of context We'll take out of context. I mean, Maybe that's better. <laughs> it might be funnier that way. Uh, just throwing that out there if you want to be creative. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. For me, this one was not as exciting in terms of the content that we got just because we didn't get a lot of new footage. Um, although we did get that good narration from Agent Liberty. And, and some of the, the storylines, I'm a little... Um, yeah. <laughs> apprehensive maybe is a good word i think that's fa- i think i am cautiously cautiously uh cautiously optimistic cautiously hopeful that they can pull it off but also cautiously terrified <laughs> but also understanding of the past precedent that has been set yes so um so on that front i was not as excited in terms of their ability to generate excitement out of me but <laughs> Morgan really saved uh, San Diego Comic-Con for me because I was grinning ear to ear when I saw that video and Katie's reaction to finding out about boardroom or ballroom. (laughs) It could not have been more perfect. She seemed really excited about it, and that made me really happy. So thank you, Morgan. Totally saved Comic-Con for me, even though I was not actually at San, you know, in (laughs) San Diego to have witnessed it. I try. Um, okay, so uh, before we wrap up this episode of Supergirl Radio, we have some Snap Judgments sent in by our listeners. All right. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. I'm excited about these Snap Judgments. We have a couple from Autumn, so let's just get in there. Uh, Lena Luther finding out that Kara is Supergirl, or Cat Grant coming back to National City permanently. Ooh, this is um so terrible. This is one of the harder ones. I. Th- <laughs> it's like asking me to choose for my children <laughs> because we have to choose one. I'm gonna say Cat. I'm, I'm gonna say Cat Grant coming back to National City permanently. The, sh- okay. the show is elevated when she's on. We do have to choose one. And we all we know we know how I feel about Lena. <laughs> but I also I also have to go Cat Grant because I, I just miss her so much in this universe. Okay. So this next one, I'm okay. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read it. Alex and Maggie <laughs> getting back together or Wynn and Lyra reuniting. So my comment here is did we seem like we were really into Wynn and Lyra? <laughs> we could have been. Was anyone? <laughs> uh, I feel like 
maybe I was missing that small yet vocal subset of the fandom. <laughs> but when when, when Ira shippers, I guess. <laughs> when I, yeah. Um. So I'm just gonna go with what is obviously my answer, which is uh, Sanvers. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Alex and Maggie getting back together. At this point, I, I know we're not supposed to explain our answers, but I think the Alex and Maggie thing. I'm sorry to say it. If you still ship them, that's awesome. But it feels like Alex has moved on and is getting past it. And I would kind of hate to see her character growth go away. Uh, it, as much as I liked Maggie, and I think that she still has a place on the show if they wanted to bring her back on. Uh, but I guess if I had to make a choice, I would say Wen and Lyra. Ooh. There was a lot of things that were not explored there. I think there's more I think there's more you can cover. You know what? You do make some really good points about the Alex and Maggie thing because I do feel like that the way that they wrote them out um, was sort of an irreconcilable, I can't say Ir- words. Irreconcilable. Why is that word so hard? It, there's a lot of C's in it. So many, uh, so many C's. Uh, <laughs> differences, um, you know, you either want kids or you don't. And if you do uh, one wants and one doesn't, how are you going to work that out? Yeah. So it would be hard. I mean, I don't know. One of them would have to very much compromise of like a core thing that they want out of their life to get back together. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I understand your answer, even though I don't care about when Lyra. So I'm still, <laughs> I'm still Sanders. Somebody's life is just going to get a little ruined. I'm cool with it. <laughs> um, okay. Lex Luthor coming to season four. Or Alex giving up on being a mom. Lex Luthor coming to season four. Yeah, Lex Luthor coming to season four. I don't necessarily need Alex to give up on being a mom. I, I would like her to chill on it a little <laughs> and just like like relax. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that she should become a mom eventually when she relaxes. Right. When she's yeah. ready. When she's ready and like, don't rush it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex and Kara have a huge fight. Or Lena turning evil. Lena turning evil. I mean, I knew that was going to be your answer. I'm going to go Alex and Cara having a huge fight. Oh. Because when Kyler and Melissa have scenes where they're like. They are very good. Argue with each other. Oh, man. It like breaks my heart. But it, like I want to watch it like 10 times. Yeah. They're so good. Okay. <laughs> spending a day in the future or spending a day on another earth. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. spending a day in the future. Yeah, spending a day in the future because then I can be my, my own early edition and be like, <laughs> don't do that. It's like, you know, invest in this stock market. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Insider trading with myself. There's a there's a whole a trilogy of movies on why that is a, ter- <laughs> a terrible, terrible mistake. <laughs> That's going to like cause the world to like implode in on itself. It, it might create an alternate timeline where the bad guy is rich. <laughs> There's like a whole show about how like these time traveling anachronisms happen. And it's a show I do a podcast about. And yet that was still my first go to is like, I'm going to make myself rich. What's the lottery? <laughs> I, I've learned nothing. Okay. <laughs> Watching a classic film with Kara or getting fashion advice from Lena. Oh, my gosh. I want I, I want so much that I could watch a classic film with Kara. Um. I have to get fashion advice from Lena because like, you know, I, I like sometimes I pop my shoulders out, but like not enough. I want that. Com- I want that shoulder popping out like girl boss confidence where it's like, I don't care that it's unprofessional that I'm showing so much clavicle. You deal with it. 
yeah, I would, I'd be interested in hearing what she would have to say. She would just be like, why are there, is there so much material up here on them shoulders? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So our last set of snap judgments come from new Rachel. Um, Who are you more excited to see in an upcoming series? Stargirl or Batwoman? I feel like we should explain that they're both upcoming series. Yes, actually, Batwoman did get her own uh, series, uh, even though she'll she'll be introduced in the crossover, but she will be getting her own series. And then uh, it was announced that Stargirl would get her own series, I think, for the DC Universe uh, stream, streaming? streaming service. Okay. Um, I do love the Bat family, but I don't know much about Stargirl, so I think I would find it more interesting to watch Stargirl. I'm going to go Batwoman. I'm just, uh, I'm excited to see what they do with that character. Okay, so using the same options as the above, who would you want Kara to team up with, Stargirl or Batwoman? I think here I would choose Batwoman. Yeah, me too. I think that that, that would be a fun dynamic. I, I, I think they even talk about it at the panel that Kara and Batwoman might not see eye to eye. Yeah, I can see that they they might have uh, ideological differences like Superman and Batman might. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a fun one to watch. And we might actually get to see that because they're going to be in the crossover together. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see uh, what happens there. Um, so, okay, Alex borrowing the Legion ring or Alex borrowing some of Batwoman's gadgets. Oh, the Legion ring. I think you got to go the Legion ring. You can do so much stuff with that. Alex could fly. She could fly. Straight up fly. Yeah, we got to do that. Then she and Kara could like fly around town. Hang out. That would be so fun. That'd be so fun. Okay, last question. This is a question I will not be able to answer because I've seen neither of these. Aquaman trailer or Shazam trailer? You could answer it in in terms of what what you think in your head. Yeah, that's how I'm going to do it. What you imagine it to be. (laughs) Yes, yes. The trailer in my mind... Which one is better? You go first. I'm I'm thinking. I'm I'm imagining both of them. Um. Well, for me, of course, uh, Aquaman looks like the more cinematic. You know, a visually pleasing. It will probably be way more emotional. Uh, I I think it will probably be a really great movie. Mm-hmm. But I was really excited about that Shazam trailer. Okay, so for me, I think the Sh- Shazam will be the movie I enjoy more. But, man, I like dolphins, so I'm going off from that. I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really judging these purely on nothing. <laughs> I, should, I don't think Shazam will have dolphins. I don't so think, that's... That would be a big promise from Shazam. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, Shazam has made me very happy because, uh, just really quickly, because I could talk about this forever, uh, Shazam looks like it has a lot of Easter eggs from Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, and that makes me very happy because after Justice League and that whole debacle happened, I felt like the movies had flipped a switch and abandoned everything I loved about that universe, and that made me very sad. And so when I saw some things that were connected to especially Batman v Superman, that made me very happy. It f- totally turned my thinking around about the universe. So, uh, and of course, Zachary Levi, so good, so great. Um, and his costume looks awesome. Uh, so it looks a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So 
Yeah, I would have to say Shazam. Uh, Shazam, I guess. Shazam. You should, you should, you should have uh, more emphasis on it. But, uh, I mean, Aquaman looks great, too. But if I had to pick one, Shazam. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you uh, for sending in those snap judgments, Autumn and New Rachel. Um, but that's going to do it for our feedback section and our recap of Supergirl Season 4's uh, San Diego Comic-Con news. Uh, if you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, you can do that by calling 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify, where we also have a playlist that includes music featured on the show. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And thanks to user Arvillargvag, <laughs> maybe. I probably did not get that right. Arvilla. I mean, at least I didn't have to try. I think that's... They should be happy about that. <laughs> Sorry that I totally butchered your uh, username, uh, R. Villal. Villal. Maybe. Maybe. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> if, is, sorry if that was a bad pronunciation. I can't even say pronunciation anymore. Um, <laughs> it's late. But thank you for leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate that. Uh, Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you su- you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Uh, and now that they keep announcing new shows... Um, I'm dying a little inside. I'm going to be honest. I'm I mean, be honest with all of you guys. <laughs> I should maybe put uh, Swamp Thing in there. Uh, no. Stargirl. <laughs> Batwoman. Batwoman. Uh, oh, the, God. How many shows can there be? The Alfred Pennyworth <laughs> show. I'm, gonna, I'm writing DC a strongly worded letter about how many shows they're producing because I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, maybe we could stop naming them out, but I feel like it, it makes... I feel like we're in this now. <laughs> it, it makes you grow as a person, I think. It builds it character. It's a learning experience. <laughs> so there is that. Um, well, you can personally follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, and you can uh, follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid, and you can check out videos of mine over at youtube.com duckmilkprod. I am also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com, and I do a little voice acting on a podcast called The Fakest, and I think the most recent episode was the one where the cats try to take over KCOM Studios. I really have to catch up. Yeah, it's uh, quite the action-packed episode. Uh, (laughs) I really stretched some acting muscles on that one uh, because I sort of befriend the cats a little bit and then they turn on me. Uh, So Leanne has a lot of problems in that episode. Uh, It gets a little crazy. Some evil cats try to take over the studios. So give it a listen. It's called The Fakest check it out uh you can find me on twitter and instagram i'm at mojotastic that's m-o-j-o-t-a-s-t-i-c uh if you're interested in any of the uh, comic-con stuff that i've been talking about uh you can see a lot of it on instagram uh and on twitter i i was tweeting out some photos from the press rooms um not as many uh because i'm i get 
tired sometimes and forget. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a I'm a great journalist. I'm really cutting edge. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, my interview that we were talking about uh, and that we played, I think a little excerpt from. You should be able to find that one and some of the other ones we did with Jesse Rath, Melissa Bedoist, and the executive producers. Uh, they'll all be up on TV Junkies. That's tvjunkies.com. Um, I would say by early next week. So you should uh, definitely go check that out. I think we're also going to have maybe some photos. So if you want to judge the outfits yourself, <laughs> you can do that. Um, and then you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We will at some point, probably pretty soon, be doing our own um, probably Comic-Con um, sort of catch-up um, talking about what we learned um, about the new season of Legends of Tomorrow. We also uh, just happily got to spend a lot of uh, some quality time together, uh, the legendary ladies down at San Diego Comic-Con, so we can just like talk about our dinners. <laughs> and I think that's so great that you guys uh, get to hang out like that uh, in San Diego. I'm very jealous because you all looked like you had a lot of fun. So I'm, yeah, it's I'm so fun. I will say, I will say that was uh, one of the highlights for me of uh, of getting to go down to San Diego and uh, is just getting to spend time with people I just normally don't see because we live across the country. Uh, so that was really fun to have all of us together in the same spot, uh, especially especially Amy because Kat and I are East Coast, so we do occasionally bump into each other. But it's harder to get Amy because she's all the way across the country. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little. <laughs> tougher but yeah that's really cool that you guys got to hang out and uh maybe kind of talk a little bit about legends of tomorrow a little bit yeah <laughs> we we were strategizing some future episodes that we will uh do probably three months after we talked about it nice <laughs> we like to stay prompt <laughs> i i will be looking forward to that because i am a fan of the podcast not so much of the show because i don't really watch it but I do listen to the podcast, so uh, whenever you guys put out an episode, I will be uh, listening to it as straight away. So that's very cool. Well, uh, I know waiting for season four of Supergirl to premiere will be so tough because it's still a little bit uh, ways away. We got some time. <laughs> we do have some time, but we hope to make time pass very quickly by putting out some content all summer long. So you've got some episodes you'll be looking forward to from us. Yay. Until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope that everyone, including Morgan, has <laughs> recovered from San Diego Comic Con. 